Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. How is everyone? Yay. How was your week? You are here. Give it up for her. She is here. <laughs> ah, give me a word. A word that described your week. Stressful. Mm. Blessed. Rest. Blessings. Insightful. I love it. Mine was rocky. <laughs> but we made it. Um, hmm. Ground your feet to the floor. Just take a moment to just be in this present moment. Ground yourself to the seat. Allow your shoulders to fall. Allow your neck to move from side to side. Relax your eyebrows, your forehead. Relax your jaw. Remove your tongue from the roof of your mouth. Allow space to form between your teeth. Set your intention for your practice. On your journey back home into your big, beautiful soul. Shed light all over this intention. Amen. Allow your palms to face upward if your intention is to receive. Allow your palms to ground downward on your lap if your intention is to center to ground. Deep inhale through the nose. Let go 
find stillness. I honor you for being in this space. I honor you for being in this present moment with all of us. You are seen, you are heard, you are loved, and you are absolutely one of a kind. Deep inhale this truth. Let go of all that stands in the way of you in this truth. Stillness. Feel your beautiful heart. Center your mind. Focus on your intention. Feel as the ground beneath your feet supports you. How this earth loves you. How you are always supported. You are always, always guided. Never alone on this journey. Never flowing astray. But guided by the Most High. Deep inhale, and slow exhale. Beautiful, let's do it again. Deep inhale through the nose, and we exhale through the mouth. Again, we inhale through the nose, let go. Beautiful. Deep inhale. Hold it. Let go. Beautiful. Find stillness. are so, so beautiful. And we inhale for three, two, one, and we hold for three, two, one, and we let go. Beautiful. And when you inhale, I want you to inhale everything you are manifesting, everything that is coming to fruition for you. Inhale that love, that light. Inhale the answered prayer. Inhale the opportunity, the connection. And when you exhale, you exhale that fear, that pain, anything that stands in the way of you and you. Anything that stands in the way of you and you is simply a figment of the imagination. 
And so we center our minds on the truth. And that truth is your intention. So set your intention in your mind once again. And inhale with intention that love, that peace, that joy, that answered prayer, that opportunity. Let go through the mouth, that fear, that pain. Feel as it leaves your cells. Feel as it leaves your being. Feel as it leaves your entire vessel. And the only thing left is you and God. Is you in that love, that light, that answered prayer, that opportunity. Fear no longer stands in the way. Doubt no longer stands in the way. We're stepping into a new, higher level of self-love and self-awareness. And we inhale for five, four, three, two, one. Hold it. Focus on the center of your forehead. Let it all go. Gorgeous. Allow your shoulders to drop. Feel as your feet ground to the floor. Imagine a beautiful bright light permeates from the earth into the soles of your feet all the way through your calves, your knees. It's healing all parts of you, all aches and pains, all worries. Feel as this light permeates all the way up into your abdomen, your pelvis, your roots, all the way into your heart. Focus on that heart space. Focus on how beautiful and loving you are. Allow it to permeate into your throat. You speak words of love and wisdom and truth. You can repeat, I speak words of love and wisdom and truth. Allow this light to permeate all the way towards your forehead, the middle of your forehead, to the crown, and all the way back down, all the way back down. And a deep inhale. And we let go together one more time. When you're ready, you may ground back into this beautiful space. May this peace and this love and this joy follow you throughout this week. I love you. In God's name I pray. Amen. Thank you. What's up, everybody? Happy Sunday. Yeah, thanks, man. Oh, I'm so grateful to be here with you all. I don't think 
Anybody understands how much joy I get out of seeing your beautiful faces, getting to hug you, tell you that I love you. Adam knows. I gave somebody a hug today and he was like, oh, that was an extra long hug. It's like, yeah. So before we get started today, I actually want to introduce you to somebody. I'll be teaching today, but we have a special guest in the house that I want to introduce to our community. Some of you are aware, others of you are not, that Heartway is a part of a network called CBF. stands for Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. And this network has been a refuge, a safe haven for me, especially as I've kind of navigating um, what it looks like to create spiritual community beyond fundamentalist expressions of church. And oftentimes I have felt very alone in this endeavor. Um, if you're not aware, there are not a lot of other uh, churches or communities that are like ours that um, stand on the same values that we do, that are not dogmatic, that are open-minded and centered on love and inclusion. And CBF has been incredible with me. Welcome me with open arms. And not only do they welcome and tolerate me and Heartway, but they love us and they embrace us and they support us. So CBF has offered financial resources to Heartway, which deserves a hand clap. Because ain't nobody else doing that. CBF has offered me coaching and most importantly, CBF has offered me friendship. And so to be able to have um, Tammy Snyder with us today, who is basically the director of the Florida region of CBF churches and the Caribbean, um, is a great joy and delight. And so she's going to come up, share a little bit about CBF and who she is and what they're doing and what we're a part of. So if you would, please give a warm welcome to Tammy as she comes up. Well, good morning, everyone, and thank you for welcoming me into this beautiful space. I love how you express your faith here at Heartway. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Danny, um, it is just such a privilege to um, hear and be a part of your, of your worship experience. Um, so as Danny said, um, I am the coordinator, there are 18 people like me throughout the United States, and we each have an area that we are responsible for. And my area is Florida and, unfortunately, not the Caribbean islands. <laughs> so what does that mean? Well, what that means is I get paid to encourage people. I get paid to encourage church communities. I get paid to just um, be present um, to our church families. So I get paid to do that, and we do that um, by trying to help you become the most healthy church community that you can possibly be. So that's the first thing we want you to do. We want to be, you to be the healthiest you can be. And then the second thing we do is we want to help you grow and develop leaders within this community, especially young leaders. And then finally, we are here to remind you that you are a part of something so much bigger. Heartway has your handprints and your fingerprints are all throughout the world. As we um, 
we represent and we support over 50 people who are serving. We call them field personnel. The old-fashioned term was missionaries, but now we call them field personnel. And so what we do with our field personnel who are everywhere from Uganda to Macedonia to Slovakia to San Francisco is um, we don't go in and we don't bang on our Bibles and say, you must be saved. What we do, the way we do missions is we go in and we create beloved community. We meet people where they are. We not only, we're not there to give, but we are there to receive as well. So we create beloved community. And then after that community is created, then we're able to, able to bear witness to Jesus Christ through both our most important, our actions, and then our words. And then finally, transformation is, is developed and formed. And so thank you all for being a part of this community. Um, I'm going to spend a few minutes with Danny after worship just to see how else we might be able to be here for you. But my, um, my door, well, not not literally, because we don't do that anymore. <laughs> but, um, my phone, my email is available to any of you. And um, I'm grateful again to be here with all of you this morning. Thank you, Tammy. Isn't that awesome? Love it, love it, love it. All right, everybody. I am uh, going on a cruise in about an hour and a half. So this is going to be a quickie. <laughs> quickie, but a goodie. Shout out to my brother, Phil, who's here from New York. Um, the recovering know-it-all is what he calls himself. And uh, a lot of love for Phil. He helped us establish and grow our men's ministry and created the men's retreat, which we're going to be doing again uh, in the beginning of 2023. And then he, he did all this wonderful stuff in our community, and then he left. <laughs> and now he's back. So shout out to, to Phil, and uh, so happy to see all of your wonderful faces. So today's message, TED Talk, is called The Wisdom of a Fool. And I want to touch on this theme because I actually see myself as a teacher of wisdom. And before I teach wisdom, I seek wisdom for myself in life. I don't necessarily preach a religion or preach a doctrine. Um, my goal is to teach human wisdom. And I love that because it's so broad and it's so generic and it cannot be confined to any one path or tradition. Wisdom can be found literally everywhere. And if you are a seeker of wisdom, you will never run out of experiences and lessons that there are to learn in life. So I want us to begin by looking at this statement from the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, which says, if anyone among you thinks he is wise by this world's standards, he should become a fool in order to really be wise. Don't you just love the paradox of spiritual truth? Typically, the word fool is used as a pejorative term. It's a negative term that we use to describe people who live unprincipled lives, who make reckless decisions, who could care less about the consequences of their actions. They're not even thinking about that stuff. They just do things and then later realize how dumb it was to do it. But there is such a thing as an apparent foolishness in the eyes of the world, in the eyes of culture, 
that is actually wisdom in the eyes of God. Take, for example, the spiritual value of love. Love can seem completely foolish to the individual who thinks that life is all about advancement, survival of the fittest. I've just got to do what I got to do to make sure that I get mine. I was with a patient the other day at the hospital, and he was telling me about his father who was passing away, grew up, very rough life. And he's like, you know, one of the things that my dad always used to tell me was, if life is hard, you got to be harder. And, you know, that's, that can work, kind of. I understand where he's coming from and why that's the case. But for someone like that, right, to talk about love, kindness, it's foolish. That's weakness. You get taken advantage of if that's the way that you go about things. You got to just look out for yourself at all costs. How about the spiritual value of peace? I have come to see that a lot of people think that peace is foolish. If you're not anxious, if you're not stressed out, people think you don't care. So peace can seem foolish. Why are you not worried right now? Don't you see everything that's going on? And people think that that means, oh, you don't care. Peace is so foreign to some of us because all that we know is the stress and anxiety of life. And we think that we always have to be in that mode to show that we actually have concern. When the opposite is actually true. How about the spiritual value of humility? Doesn't humility seem foolish to people who think that life is all about keeping up with an image? Making sure that your reputation is perfect in the sight of others? I mean, if the primary paradigm and mode of operation for most people is competition, humility seems stupid. Why would you be humble? Why wouldn't you boast? Why wouldn't you show off? How is humility going to get me anywhere in life? How am I ever going to stand out? Humility will just get you looked over. Humility means people will ignore you. You'll be disregarded. You'll be a nobody. <gasps> Isn't it funny that famous people, there's so many famous people that want to be nobodies. People who are nobodies want to be somebody. And people who are somebody are like, I wish I could just be nobody. How about faith? Faith can seem really foolish to people who think that they've got control over their own lives and fate. What do you mean, let things happen? I've got to make things happen. I've got to take matters into my own hands. Faith is foolish to these people, especially if they need answers and certainty. To be comfortable with the unknown just seems odd. It seems weird. It seems out of place. Look at what this scripture says again in the book of 1 Corinthians. It says, but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. So if you really desire to be wise, you have to be willing to look foolish because living according to spiritual values isn't going to make sense to a lot of people. Spiritual values and worldly values are so juxtaposed that it might seem like you're crazy. 
the decisions you make, the things that you do, the way that you act, your approach to life's issues and problems, how you handle suffering in life may make some people think that you're nuts. Now, some of you actually are, and you may want to just check yourself a little bit. Okay, if everybody says you're crazy, maybe you're a little crazy, but there is such a thing as a good crazy. And that's what I'm talking about this morning. I had somebody uh, literally say this to me a couple of months ago. Says, Danny, you know, you just live in an alternate reality. And I get it. I get it. Because if someone thinks that the fake is real, they're going to think that the real is fake. They won't be able to understand the real or tell what's real when they see it because all they know is the fake. If you're only able to see life through the prison of your mental constructs and you haven't been able to free yourself from those limited perceptions and perspectives that you have inherited from life and from your parents and from your family and from your friends, you won't be able to see the truth of divinity that is shining through all things. And you'll think that somebody who is at peace when everything is going crazy is a fool. Are you willing to look foolish in the eyes of other people? I don't mind looking like a fool because I am one. I love this quote from the Stoic philosopher Epictetus. He says, you should be grateful when people unfairly criticize you because at least they're not pointing out your real faults. <laughs> so Danny's crazy? Yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> Thanks, I love you too. I heard this really cool story about a famous fool who would sit on the side of the road and one day a man walked up to him and had a $10 bill in his left hand and a $1 bill on his right hand and he said, pick one. And the fool took the $1 bill. And this man was just cracking up at the fact that this guy couldn't tell the difference between a $10 bill and a $1 bill. And so he started telling everybody around town about this fool who would rather get the $1 bill than the $10 bill. And so people would start coming up to the fool when they would see him on the side of the road and say, hey, I have these two bills here. Which one do you want? And the fool would take the $1 bill. And then another person would come up and say, hey, I've got a $10 bill and a $1 bill. What do you want? He would take the $1 bill. Finally, one day, someone comes up to this guy and says, are you stupid? Why wouldn't you take the $10 bill? Do you not know the difference in value? And the fool says, of course I know the difference in value. But if I would have taken the $10 bill, it would have stopped there. Now I've got a whole lot more than $10 because I keep taking the $1 bill. So in the eyes of everybody, he was a foolish man. But in reality, he was very wise, wiser than everybody else. And he was willing to look like a fool in order to live in the integrity of his own wisdom. Life will put you in a position where you have to make that decision for yourself. Some of us, it's the way that we eat. Others of us, it's the things that we decide not to do anymore. And people will look at you funny because of that. Now, please don't be like one of these religious people who got a stick up their butt and think that, you know, hey, just, you know, just because you decide not to do something doesn't mean now everybody else has to stop doing it. 
Okay, just because you're a vegan don't mean you got to convert the whole world to veganism. Okay, just, just because whatever, I don't drink anymore, I don't like that, doesn't mean you have to push that on everybody. You understand? But you do what you feel you need to do and live in that and let your life speak for itself. That's it. And be willing to look like a fool in order to live in the integrity of your own wisdom. And what allows you to do this, this is what's so beautiful about the fool as an archetype of wisdom, is because the fool is not, com is not concerned about appearances. I don't care how I look in the sight of other people, which is why I will be willing to take on this role if that's what it takes. Look at what it says, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10. Paul loved this talk about being a fool. He says, our dedication to Christ makes us look like fools. Very simple. You just got to accept that. I can see how outsiders looking in at folks who live according to Christ-like values can think that folks like us are foolish. Wait a second. They don't retaliate when they're attacked? They don't feel the need to constantly defend themselves when their name is being dragged through the mud? Fools, man. Look, they willingly give away their money? <laughs> they rather be last instead of first? They want to serve other people? They don't care for the notoriety and fame? Something must be off with these crazy folks, man. I love it. Your dedication to Christ, your, dedica your dedication to God, your dedication to spiritual values will make you look like a fool. But what is foolishness to the world is wisdom to God. And these are the things that actually lead to peace and fulfillment in your life. Shakespeare put it very well when he said, a fool thinks himself to be wise. But a wise man knows himself to be a fool. So not only... Must you be willing to look like a fool? You got to be okay with being the fool. Not just look like one, no. Be one. You are one, you understand? I mentioned before, a long time ago, in one of my messages about a guy that I had met, a hospice patient who was passing away. He was a poet, and he was very articulate, very sharp, even in his old age. He had written certain books talked to me about a lot of these uh, themes that he wrote about in the books. He, he kind of lived in the intersection of spirituality and politics. And so it was very interesting to, to talk with him. And I felt such a deep connection with this man. I was learning a lot from him as we were speaking. And towards the end of our conversation, I told him, I said, thank you for sharing your wisdom with me. I can tell that you're a very wise man. And he looked at me in the eyes, and, and it, it, you know, for me, it was like there was a little twinkle in his eye. It was like a little sparkle in his eye. And he said, thank you for recognizing in me something that I don't have. And we both smiled in, uh, to each other in that moment because we knew, like, we were both in on the secret. I was like, oh, oh, so you really wise. You wise, wise. You wise, wise, because you know you're not. <laughs> That's how it is. So... What does it mean to actually be the fool? First and foremost, it means 
you're willing to fail. You're willing to make the mistakes. Look at what it says in the book of Proverbs. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Use everything you have to get understanding. So when wisdom becomes the primary focus of your life, this is what I seek after. This is what I desire. Now, everything that you go through and experience in life contributes towards that end or contributes towards that end. You understand? So your failures, your mistakes, your slip-ups, all of those things just become lessons. So this allows you to strip away the guilt and the shame that comes from failing and stumbling. Other people will judge you, absolutely. Can't believe that you made such a stupid decision after all this. And you know better. You know better than to do that. You know? Well, obviously I didn't. Or maybe I did and I chose to do it anyways. Right? You got to be willing to deal with the consequences of your own decisions. At least if you're going to be the fool, be willing to own up and deal with the consequences of your own decisions. But that's not a problem anymore when you're in the wisdom game. Because all of that now works in your favor. All of the screw-ups, all of the mistakes, all of the failures, all of the wrong turns are contributing to your wisdom. These are experiences that you're learning and gleaning from. So I don't have to feel guilty about it. No, I know that I messed up. I take responsibility for that. And guess what? I'm learning from it. And isn't it great to be a work in, prog in progress? Yes. I'm a work in progress. Always a work in progress. That's it. So I fail, I stumble, other people judge me, other people, you know what? He who hasn't sinned, throw the first stone. Facts, thank you. <laughs> now, again, it's very easy. You can weaponize all this stuff, right? So like when, if somebody's judging you or somebody's like getting on your case because you did something stupid, like, oh yeah, well, you think you're perfect? <laughs> you sinned too. And man, man, now you're getting into it. No, just shh. Be quiet, just be quiet. Humble yourself before God. God gives grace to the humble. Learn your lesson and move forward. Make as many mistakes as you need to. You're free to sin. <gasps> now, you may, you may not like where that leads you. You may not like where that leads you but you may need to learn what's there for you. So go. If you have to be the fool, be the fool. Religion will not tell you this. And because they forbid it, you actually want it more. It's like the, the, the forbidden fruit in Genesis chapter 1. Don't eat from that tree. And what do we want to do as human beings? We want to eat from that tree because you tell me I can't do it. I want to do it. In the book of Romans, Paul says the law increases sin. The law, the right and wrong. You are not allowed to do this. There is something about the human spirit. We were made for freedom. Right? Scriptures say where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. True freedom is recognizing that I can do that. 
and God will not strike me down. And when you actually recognize that you have that freedom and you taste a little bit of the forbidden fruit and it's sour, you realize, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to. I can, yeah, if I wanted to. I don't want to. God changed my wants. God changed my desires. You only get here if you let yourself go through this very human process of slipping up and failing. What will keep you on the right track so you don't get lost here? Wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. So get wisdom and use everything that you have to get it. So all of your failures and your mistakes are the raw material that God uses and that you will use to, to kind of sculpt your life and your personality. I have a buddy of mine who, he is the walking, talking example to me of this quote that I'm about to read you from William Blake who said, the fool who persists in his folly will become wise. One more time. The fool who persists in his folly will become wise. Because that's the greatest lessons. All the, your own foolishness has your greatest lessons for you. And I have this buddy of mine who, you know, he has lived that life. He has been about that life. <laughs> He's been about that life. And he, and he has told me from the, from the moment I became a single man. He said, Danny, Danny boy, Danny boy, listen. He's like, it ain't worth it, buddy. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. And he'll tell me stories. And you better believe that has me thinking twice about some decisions that I make. Really? And when he speaks to me, it's beautiful because it's not like, it's not wisdom that comes from a book. Like he didn't read this somewhere. He lived it. It came from his experience. And so when he speaks these words, they're so simple, they're so direct, they're so powerful, and they mean something. They come from the soul. I've lived this. It's hard-earned wisdom. Like, man, I've, I've shed some blood for this. Hard-earned wisdom. But that's the stuff nobody can take away from you. And you become rooted in it rooted in it so you have such a strong sturdy foundation what else does it mean to to be the fool it means you're willing to take risks you're willing to step out into the unknown you're willing to change directions if you have to even if it doesn't make sense to the people around you wait a second you got a good job you got this whole thing set up and you're going to leave that for something that you have no idea is going to actually do anything good for you? Yeah, because this is where God is calling. This is where my heart is, is tugging me. It's better to do something imperfectly than not to do it at all. So take the risk. Take the chance. Be willing to just go. And, and, and now is the time, by the way. If you're waiting for the perfect time to take that leap of faith, it's never going to come. Some people think, oh, I don't know if I'm ready. You're never going to feel ready. You just got to go. Life is about new experiences. It's about growth. It's about development. It's about adventure. So even if you don't feel 100% ready or equipped for what is coming, just throw yourself out there. If you get lost along the way, God will guide you back on the right track. 
If you fall along the way, God will catch you. It's faith. You will just, just trust. Life is one big experiment. It's all trial and error. The whole thing is trial and error. So if you're afraid, acknowledge the fear, honor its presence, and move forward anyways. That's called courage. I can't tell you how encouraged I've been. I mean, I'm, I'm a really lucky dude because I get to hear stories. And boy, what that has done for me internally, for me to be able to hear stories of people who have had it all, materialistically speaking, and lost it all, and then gained it back again. And then they've lost it all. And then they've gained it back again. Like when you, when you have actually talked to human beings who have been through this, who have done this, it strips you of any fear that you may have of going through a similar experience. Because what's the difference between you and me? I have all of the resources within me. The same God in you is the same God in me. God didn't give me a spirit of fear just like he didn't give you a spirit of fear. He gave me a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And so, yeah, you may take the leap of faith and fall flat on your face. You get back up again. You learn from that experience. I promise you, the wisdom you gain in that rock bottom place will be worth more than anything else. Any house, any car, any amount of money that you will have. And that can't be stripped from you. You will have that with you for the rest of your life. You can't be afraid of that. You know what makes us afraid of that, if you really think about it? People's opinion. Really, if we want to take it down to what this is about, it's about that. They're going to judge me. They're going to think less of me. You know, everybody on Instagram is succeeding and doing nice. And if I start this new business and I fail and my page doesn't get a lot of followers, then what's going to happen? Oh, my gosh. No. Just do it. Nike, let's go. <laughs> what else does it mean to be the fool? It means you have to learn not to take yourself that seriously. In the days of old, the great kings would have someone called a jester or a court fool who was there for entertainment purposes. And these people were actually allowed to make jokes and to make fun of everyone and everything without getting punished for it. Now, even though these jesters were the comedians and people not only laughed with them but at them, they would wear like funny outfits and stuff and paint their face, these apparent fools were actually some of the wisest people around. And so they would actually be advisors to the kings. The kings had their own court of wise men, which is like, really, wise men? Only men? Already a fail. <laughs> but, you know, at that time, they didn't know any better. So it was just a court of wise men. I could just see these stiff-necked people with their long beards and, you know, robes. So they had all their wise men. But the jester was the king's true advisor. The jester was always there too as a way to bring balance because if you only had those old, stiffy, wise men, things would become dull and 
and, and lifeless and stagnant and boring. You needed somebody else in there who didn't care about social conventions. You needed somebody else there who wasn't trying to keep up with images because that person would be the one who would speak the truth. That person wasn't afraid of being laughed at. That person didn't have anything to hold back. The power of the jester came from their ability to laugh at themselves. If you can laugh at yourself, you have won at the game of life. One of the signs of a truly free human being is their ability to laugh at themselves. How are you able to laugh at yourself? By not taking your masks too seriously. Yeah, I'm Pastor Danny, but I'm not. You know, like last week, somebody came up to me. People love doing this all the time. They think it's their job to, like, check your pride if you're, like, a leader of influence or whatever, which I don't mind it. I love every, any opportunity that you have to humble yourself. Take it. But there was a, you know, last week we had a guest, and, and for some reason he was like, your pastor is brilliant. He's such a brilliant mind. And then someone from the uh, congregation was like, thank you for calling our pastor so brilliant. And, you know, it's nice. No, it's nice. I love it and I appreciate it and it's great. Yeah, I don't take that seriously because the same people who call me brilliant today are going to call me a heretic tomorrow. So, you know, it's just thank you. Okay. But at the end of the service, somebody was like, how's your ego today, man? <laughs> I was like, I, at first I didn't know what he was talking about. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, how's your ego today, man? I was like, same as yesterday, dude. I don't know. It's like, I, that's just what guest preachers do, you know, when they come. So when a guest comes, they're, they're supposed to honor the, the leader, I guess. It's just a part of the thing. But you don't take it seriously. You know, I don't walk around thinking like, I'm so brilliant. I'm so great. I am such a wise man. I am the Reverend Dr. Danny Prada. You know, it's like, it's a game. It's, all, it's a game. It's not real. You know, it, it's just a game. You can't take yourself too seriously. So if you're willing to, 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 to laugh at yourself, you don't care when other people laugh at you either. You don't take things personally anymore. It, it's not an accident that the word humor and the word humility come from the same root. Because one of the signs of a spiritually mature individual is their ability to laugh at themselves. Don't take yourself too seriously. Don't take the roles that you play that seriously. Find your identity in God. And your God-given identity is no identity. You simply are what you are. And that's constantly changing and evolving every moment. So you don't ground yourself in one particular role or title. You're just open. And you're willing to be all things to all people. If somebody looks at you tomorrow and criticizes you harshly and says, I think you're a hypocrite. I say, oh, thanks. Yeah. I can think of some times in my life when I've been hypocritical. If you, if you really, really want to look, anything that anybody says in criticism of you, you'll be able to find it. Maybe not in the particular situation that they may be alluding to, but you don't have to tell them that. All right, somebody calls you something or s says something about you, 
and you don't necessarily see it now in this moment, maybe it is present. In, maybe the pride is present in this moment. Maybe the ego is present in this moment. But if you can't find it here and you think that they're just you know, projecting stuff onto you, just go back, look at your life. You got a lot of material there. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you can find a time when you were whatever they're calling you. So just be that. Yeah, I'll be the bad guy. I love you. And I get it. Last but not least, to be the fool means you're okay with being an outsider. What I mean by this is you're not concerned with conforming to culture. You free yourself from the standards of society. You become your own individual. Even if that means going against the norms of family, culture, tradition, which is very difficult to do. But it's part of the spiritual journey. You, 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 you have a home base and then, and, then, and then you leave and you go off on this adventure. And then you come back a new person. And you don't have to reject any of that stuff. You include it as a part of your story. For so long, I can't tell you how mad I was at Christianity and religion. And it was just a rejection of all things Christianity and religion. It's funny because it's like, you know, maybe this is like TMI, but like before, you would have talked to me like six years ago. I felt like I was missing out on so much of my life. I had missed out on so much of my life. I never got to really party and like just mess around sexually and do all these things. I got married so young and, and, and I never got to have those experiences. And so I remember there was a time when I was so bitter and I really felt like there was something out there for me that I was missing out. And I was like, man, I had all these rules, all these, all these regu regulations, all, all these do's and don'ts. I'm so tired of it. I just, I wish I never had that. And so, of course, when you've repressed your stuff for so long, you just, this is why, you know, they say pastors' kids are the craziest. <laughs> yeah, because you just repress all that stuff, these human desires, right, normal human desires. You repress all this stuff, and then you just want to just be wild. And then here I am, I have all the freedom in the world to do whatever I want. And I'm human, and I, you know, I, I, I'm not against anything. But I think about the consequences of my decisions sometimes. <laughs> and there are moments when my better judgment taps in and says, hey, it's not worth it. Right? If I get entangled sexually with this person, what kind of emotional drama am I going to be? bringing into my life. If I get entangled sexually with this person and they like me, but I don't really like them. <laughs> now, think about it. A lot of dudes' mentality is, yeah, we'll just play the part. Get it in. Brag about it to the boys. Have some fun. And then you just, you don't care about the damage that you do to people in that pro is this too real? Is this for Sunday? Okay. What'd you say, Cliff? Oh, my mom is like so uncomfortable. I love you, mama. All right, let's just switch the subject, bro. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I took a deep dive. 
But I, I said all that to say because I have like all this, I literally have all the freedom in the world to do whatever I want. And here I am actually looking back at the Christianity that I inherited and saying, man, there was actually some wisdom in that. <laughs> now, of course, you know, the way that it was taught to me was oh, this is a sin. <laughs> and those who are, you know, adulterers will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And God is wagging his finger at you. And, you know, no, without all that junk, without all that junk, God loves you and will always love you no matter what you do. Once you establish that fact, once you take away all the fear and judgment and guilt of religion from all of these things, you start to realize, man, there's actually some, some wisdom in that. Hey, listen, I let my, remember when I talk about loving yourself room to mess up? That's just... A thing okay you, you got to give yourself room for that but you start I have started to realize wow there's so much value in that so much value in, in just being cautious in that area of life but this applies in, in, in so many ways back to this concept of being an outsider being your own individual not conforming yourself to culture we inherit so many biases and, and prejudices. So many biases and prejudices against people just off of the way that they look, the way that they talk, the way that they are. And I love this quote from Lao Tzu in the Tao Te Ching. He says, I am like an idiot. My mind is so empty. <laughs> I am like an idiot. My mind is so empty. To be able to approach people with an empty mind, free of prejudices, free of presuppositions, free of preconceived notions and judgments, is what will allow you to truly see people for who they are. What would it look like if you entered into every encounter that you have with other individuals with this empty mind. Some of us can't see anything but this person's yesterday. They're not even that same person anymore. Recently, I, I shockingly, it was, it was literally a shock to me, I heard uh, news about like a, a, a buddy of mine that I, you know, I considered him like a brother, a very close friend, who to my face would say just such positive things and we would have really positive interactions and then, and then behind me, he would say some pretty negative things. It felt like somebody got like a dagger and just stuck it in me because I would have never thought that. The old Danny would have maybe just ignored it, started treating this person differently, you know, give a little signs that something was off but not deal with the issue afraid of confrontation. Now I realize if this is something that I'm carrying within me, it's something that I want to express and share. And there's a way to do that. The way not to do that is to go, hey, bro, man, I heard you were talking ish about me. Are you serious, man? What's wrong with you, bro? How could you do that? You're two-faced and blah, blah, blah. And now we got a reality show. <laughs> First thing I said to this man when I talked to him, I said, listen, so-and-so expressed to me these things that you said, and, and 
here's the deal. I know that that may have been how you felt a couple months ago at that time when you said it, and that may not even be how you feel now. So you can say whatever you want to whoever whenever you want. I just want to let you know, you have the complete freedom to be real with me and to be honest with me about anything. If you feel a certain type of way about me, I just want you to know that you can tell me. And, you know, we kissed and made up, and it was beautiful. It was great. <laughs> and now I feel even closer. But can you imagine, because that's something that I realized. Okay, yeah, this person said this about me a couple months ago. How do I know that, they're, that they still even feel that way? That may have been a momentary lapse. So let me come into this situation with a clear mind, with an empty mind. Not with accusations, not blaming anybody, just with a sense of openness. If you approach it, your conflict, if you approach your relationships with this openness, with this emptiness, not bringing the past into the present, but letting the present be what it is, you will see that it's always perfect. It's always as it should be. I want to finish off with this poem called The Wisdom of a Fool by Jim Yerman. No idea who that dude is. Just found it online. There is a timeless, fundamental truth that ancients would convey that when you stop to think about it is appropriate today. It has to do with knowledge, not the kind you gain in school. I believe the ancients called it the wisdom of a fool. They tell us a fool is easy to identify. We can spot one with our eyes. For a fool loves to tell us how smart he or she is, how intelligent, how wise. While a wise one is more humble, he or she knows their knowledge is minuscule. They understand their learning never ends, and they will call themselves a fool. I think as we travel down the road of life, we should make it a general rule to dismiss the ones with foolish wisdom and choose the wisdom of a fool. Amen. Amen. Guys, I love you. Have a great rest of the week. I'm going to have a great week. And uh, I'll be back next Sunday. I'll see you. Bye. Bye.